Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. Joe alongside, of course, Jimmy and uh, Max Boltman from the Athletic. What's going on, Max? Hey guys, how you doing? I'm I'm, I'm doing well. That's great to hear. So, uh, with every guest that we've had on, the last guest we actually had on was uh, Brad Crisco, who I'm sure you're very familiar with. Oh yeah, um, I know Brad. Yeah, and uh, we've asked every guest that we've had on what you've been doing during a uh, quarantine, like any new books, uh, any new TV shows, or any of that, uh, or podcast, any of that. Uh, what have you been doing to stay sane, I guess? Yeah, a few different things. So I, uh, I took up golf. That was basically when uh, when golf was the only thing you could do in order to see people, uh, <laughs> which basically it still actually is. Um, so I, I went and bought golf clubs, and I was like, I guess I got to learn this. And I'm not very good, but I actually turned out I really like it. So that, that's been fun, uh, playing with a couple of good buddies of mine. Um, and then I've watched a lot of incredible TV. So I, I did uh, The Sopranos was my first one. Had never seen it adored it probably the greatest tv show of all time certainly that i've ever seen uh the americans after that loved that um that was phenomenal i've been watching the boys lately that's been oh, interesting okay. yeah he's got me that's awesome. and then uh and then a lot of top chef that's been a discovery that uh yeah i, I think i think it, at first it was like filling the void left by no competitive sports to watch and so it was like something to be like oh like hope oh, this guy wins whatever this whatever this season but um now i just love it and uh i still don't know what half the ingredients they use are but i know <laughs> that they look incredible yeah that was like awesome. that was like me i just got into breaking bad the other night i was like so bored i'm like oh Wait, finally, I'll finally... Up, this is news to me you got into breaking bad finally yeah i finally got into breaking bad like oh, i, I watched the, i watched the first season and i'm actually on the episode like right it was a cliffhanger where um uh uh, oh, they, pause. they pulled pause. up. They pulled up to uh, where the Walters house, and I think it was uh, a Jesse. And then they had it was a Tico or Tuco. I can't remember what his name is, but like the Tuco. Yeah, yeah Tuco. Yeah, Sorry. he had the gun to him in the back. But yeah, that's where I've left off, and I'm gonna probably watch it after. But yeah, I finally got the Breaking Bad twelve yes. years later or whatever. Whenever it came out, but yeah. <laughs> 
I have to say, uh, Max, you definitely caught me there with the boys. I haven't watched that, but I'm a very, uh, I'm a total nerd. If you, anyone follows me on Twitter, you know I'm just total loser about this stuff. But yeah, I, really I think we can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 you agree is, uh, Homelander maybe the worst person to ever exist ever. Well, I don't know that he does exist, so he might have a hard time winning that. But if he did, then. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the, like, one of the worst characters I've ever seen in my life. Like, just I've seen parts of it, and he is—I forget the the actor who portrays him, but I just—I've never seen, I've never watched like just a minute of somebody in a show and just gone like, yeah, I want them dead, like not in real life. Just he's the he's just the worst character ever. He's like just, the, he's know. like the Corey Perry of the TV show. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I God, I'm so blown away by that guy's that guy's performance. It's incredible. But, There's um, some really good acting in that show. Chase Crawford, his performances are unreal too. In that, oh, I gotta, I really need to watch that. Isn't Carl Urban? He's in that, isn't oh, he? Oh yeah, he's like one of the stars. He's awesome. And uh, is okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Giancarlo Esposito is he in that too? Yep, he is. Oh I, yeah, I don't know why I haven't watched that yet. That's just an amazing show. Well, hey, if it, Jesus, there's even more reason for me to watch that. Awesome. Dude, there's right, well, so many shows that I have not watched. Everyone's like, hey, you should watch this show. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to it. And I never do. And, like, Breaking Bad is, like, one of those shows. Like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a chance. And I'm instantly No, you have no excuse. It. Because yeah. there's, like, yeah, you got, you got work. And then you have nothing else to do besides write. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's time to do these things. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm like, uh, gosh, I'm, like, two and a half. No, no I'm in I'm, uh, three and a half seasons or yeah, into uh, Game of Thrones. So, oh, I did that uh, last summer. Yeah, it is a uh, it's a trek. I'm doing it with a buddy. Like we're kind of like texting live over doing it because he's seen it like a million times. He like knows way too much about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun with a friend. But man, that show is like I'm basically watching a movie every night. Getting through these episodes, it's insane. But it's it's so worth it. It's fantastic. So yeah, finally. Uh, I got off my ass to do that, so I think uh, we can all relate to that part of it. Even just finally getting uh, those shows off our backs. But uh, Pierce, I was, uh, I'm guessing you want to start off with a question or so? Yeah, so uh, enough about a, a TV shows, but uh, yes, Max, this um, TV podcast, yes. Yeah. Uh, Max, I'm curious how you got your start in the writing and uh, how you became a hockey fan and or sports fan in general, so yeah. Yeah, um, well, first of all, I'll say, because as before we fully wrap up on Game of Thrones, don't, uh, do not rush it. Savor those middle seasons as much as humanly possible, because oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the good stuff. Um, that's what I'm being, yeah, I've, I've been told by a lot of people, two and three, I'm guessing two and three are very good, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, what is your favorite season in the show? Uh, it all blur. I watched it. I binged it in the one month to make it in time for the finale live, so I have no idea what even happened in what seasons, but just the middle block, and the first season's great too, obviously, but the middle block is so intense. Just That's all I mean is just savor that. Um, but yeah, starting writing um, was just in college. I was a freshman at University of Michigan, and uh, I don't know exactly. I can't, I'm trying to trace my experience. I, I definitely emailed someone at the student newspaper, the Michigan Daily, before I ever got to campus. And I think that was probably to do with, you know, they send you like this um, new student edition of the Daily when you uh, are a freshman at Michigan before you get there. And I was just reading through it and it was like, oh, wow, like they actually sent like a student to go cover the Trey Burke versus Kansas game, which happened the day that I got into Michigan. 
and he hit a buzzer beater to basically, I don't know if it's, I think that was sent it to overtime, but it was just unbelievable. Maybe just to win it. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking out on it, but unreal game. Right. And, uh, and so that was like a defining memory for me. And I couldn't believe that someone had been there to like write about that. And so I emailed them about it and I was a huge sports fan just my whole life. I, I could not even probably tell you how I got into sports. I mean, my mom was taking me to, Grand Rapids Griffins games when I was really young. I played roller hockey, ice hockey, you know, all the way through high school. And, uh, you know, but all sports. Like, I, I love baseball. I was a huge baseball fan. Um, the, the 2004 05 Pistons, that was when I was, you know, nine, 10 years old. So, how can you not, like, adore those teams, right? Um, and then, of course, like, everyone in the whole state of Michigan certainly has feelings one way or the other about the Detroit Lions. So, um, you know, it, it, I was a huge, just a diehard sports fan. So I figured that'd be a good way to make friends in college. And it's something that I certainly wanted to spend my time doing. Um, I didn't think it was going to be a career at that point. But after a couple of years, you see people you know graduate and, and then they get jobs in the industry, which is certainly not always easy to do. And so I just thought, why not take a run at it? And I've been extraordinarily lucky to uh, be able to do it for my first three years out of school. Were you a Red Wings fan growing up? Um, I mean, like I, like I was a kid in Grand Rapids, right? So yeah, but like at the same time, when I was like 11, my family moved and we moved to an area that like, for whatever reason, we couldn't get cable. Um, like none of the companies like wanted to give us cable. And so at that point, I basically could only watch the Sunday NBC game, you know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever that was, like you can't, you can, you can get the antenna, but you can't get FST or anything like that. So I don't, I wouldn't say I was like a diehard or anything like that, but it was just like, you know, you're, you're a kid in a, in the state of Michigan and that was the hockey team. Um, but you know, certainly you follow the, the hometown team and all that, but certainly at least by the time I got to college, I probably wasn't following the Red Wings much at all for those years. Um, and then or, or really the NHL at all, actually. Like, it was kind of football, basketball, baseball had really kind of all um, consumed a lot more of my mental sports space, you know. And then um, yeah. it actually happened that when I was a general assignment writer for The Athletic, Craig Custins uh, asked me to kind of hang out at LCA for a week and kind of man that, um, man the locker room, do some, do some writing on that while he hunkered down for the trade deadline. And I was like, oh, man, this is actually, like, really fun. I, I forgot how much fun it is to be around a hockey rink. And um, I just really liked the environment of the hockey beat. And so he, he let me come to the draft and cover the draft. That was the 2018 draft. So it was the Dina Valeno, Berggren, McIsaac draft. That was, yeah, you know, good. four early picks for Detroit. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of energy from the fan base. That was another thing that was, like, when I was covering it, it it's impossible not to feel how much energy – Red Wings fans in particular um, yeah. <laughs> had for that team and that draft. And that was kind of infectious to feel like, you know, people really care about what you're writing and, and the stories you're telling. So by that point, um, I was covering a lot of Detroit Tigers. And so <clears throat> I switched over to the Red Wings and it's been a really fun two years for me um, to cover. You know, it's it, certainly the team hasn't been very good, but um, I've had a really good time, you know, in large part just because I've tried I don't know that I realized it, but I had really missed being around hockey rinks and, and all the energy that comes with that. Yeah. No, I really, I, I can, uh, I can say even just as someone who played hockey and uh, just uh, was, you know, even just around the rinks for the Hawks at the uh, 
fifth third arena right now I, I feel like there's just something kind of like you said something special about that environment you know it's just uh i don't want to put in the words really it's uh just kind of that that homely feeling there and it's just uh i don't know i feel like that is something that a lot of hockey fans can relate to and that's uh, i think one of the cool things you, you hear a lot of people whether it's in any sport it's people who i uh, were um who grew up fans like this you know and like even for your example maybe you weren't uh you know watching them as often as i uh, maybe other people had, but you can kind of, uh, people can relate to that feeling of just kind of, you know, coming up around that. And then uh, even when you're writing, you probably, you know, some people have said they still feel like, you know, they're, you kind of feel like you're still just that person, but around all these things now. And it's, uh, I don't know, I think it's just a, such a cool part of being a writer and just, a, you know, it feels like you're talking to someone who's just kind of like on the, not on the same level because you guys do insane work that I can't even imagine doing, but uh you always feel very down to earth, and I just I don't know. Always appreciate that as uh, someone does these podcasts. Well, you are doing the same thing we're doing. You know, like at the end of the day, it's, <laughs> you're just asking people about their lives and their their jobs and what they do. Right? Like, literally, it's the same. You know, right. like you, you go into a locker room, and that's what I do every day, and that's what you're doing right now. I I think it's the exact same. Well, you know what? Uh, shit. When I go to go to my resume, I'm just going to say that I'm the exact same person as you, and I'm That's on right. the, uh, You're the Red Wings beat. <laughs> <same job. laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, thank you. Finally, I can. I have I this on tape. I have this recorded. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, I want to. I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned there's a lot of energy. There was a lot of energy um, surrounding the Sedina, um, Valeno, McIsaac drafts, uh, which uh, de- there definitely definitely was. I know Red Wings fans were thrilled when they got Zadina and Valeno in that draft. It felt like it. They fell right into their hands. Um, this year, it's a little bit different. Uh, they fell back um, in hopes of getting Lafreniere. Um, I think I can speak for a lot of people when uh, I say that they should have gotten that pick. But you know, and we're Blackhawks fans. I don't know if we brought that yeah. up by the way, but like we kind, we really, we genuinely felt bad when Detroit did not get that pick because they totally yeah. deserved it. Honestly, that was horrendous. Yeah, like and the fact that it went to a lottery team was just the most. As much as I love hockey, I love hockey, but man, that was the most NHL thing. I was, yeah, it's the most NHL <laughs> that thing ever, ever that a, pl- a playing oh team Lord. got the first overall pick like the Rangers. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, that's what the lottery, uh, right? I mean, the lottery's there so the teams don't tank. I mean, there's, there's really, to me, this is the lottery working as, not, I'm not going to say as it should, but as intended, it right? Like, to, yeah. You, you want to yeah. scare teams away from trying to have a bad record and tanking for a pick, like make the worst team in the salary cap era pick behind a playing team. That's just yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. that'll do it. And the Red Wings, yeah, I think it's fair to say they uh, definitely, uh, Stevie Y definitely intended for them to be bad this year. I'm just going to go off on a limb and say that. But uh, Well, I don't know that he really had to intend for much. You know, they weren't, they weren't <laughs> too much better the year before, and they had That's traded true, away yeah. big players, and they had their number one defenseman miss the entire season, and their uh, probably best offensive player miss half the season. Like, I'm not going to say that they sat there trying to make that a playoff team. I, I'm sure they knew that it was going to be a bad team the whole way, yeah. but uh, I, I certainly don't think they were <laughs> – like going out of their way to, to make it worse. Well, I guess like uh, yeah, I guess I can't say for sure. I'm not I'm not in that room. I just wonder when they sent guys down like Zadina and um, oh, there were a couple of the names that they sent down. I wondered, you know, maybe that's maybe that's them faring away from uh, allowing themselves to be a little bit better because they have the veterans to help those players grow. And you know, at least from from what I saw, I thought a guy like Zadina was ready, but. Yeah, no, I, I mean, well, I'm going to trust your word more than mine, to be honest, on that kind of stuff, but I... Uh, I'm not going to say they didn't want to be bad, but, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, like there, there's... Not not about one. I'm not going to say they didn't know what was going to happen there. Right, yeah. But, but 
I think it's interesting. Like for, for one, I think it's interesting. Like this debate over like, it, do you guys think there's like an ethics to what a team's responsibility is in terms of should you should you do what's best for your franchise to try to win a championship someday, uh-huh. or should you do what's yeah. best to try and win a game Sunday? And are those two things inherently different? It is, whatever. It is so. That's such a. You know, that's a great – see, now you're asking me the question, so maybe you should be doing my podcast, but that's a fantastic question. Um, yeah, that's something I've – I think that uh, is it's such a huge topic in the, in the hockey community. I mean, in a lot, of, a lot of sports, but I feel like in hockey it's so – it seems to be more, more prevalent than any other sport. It seems to happen more than any other sport. I, I feel that – You think so? I don't know why. You know, in the NBA it definitely happens. It happens in the NBA. Every team seems to want to – Drop for a quarterback, you know, the Detroit Tigers, uh, I don't know that you could say they weren't uh, served pretty well by being the worst team in baseball for the last three years, getting two number one overall picks. I, I don't know. Is it is it unique to hockey? I know it's definitely not unique to hockey, but I feel, well, I feel like the conversation definitely is, though. I feel like the conversation of, uh, of winning versus tanking, like in the NBA, I feel like so many fans are just like, yeah, like tank, whatever, we don't care. Sure. Yeah, like I feel like in hockey, it's there's the most combating to it there's a lot of older fans that don't like this idea of you know it's, it's just you know you tighten up by your bootstraps and you gotta win sunday and, th- and that's just that and there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of fans that i mean young and old that are like yeah just you know you know we'll, we're fine losing for one or two years give us a team with some exciting players like you know you got the rebels they got larkin you got chalowski you got bertuzzi mantha um I mean, I guess the problem is maybe there weren't too many more. Besides that, that's really the whole problem with the issue. And I think uh, another thing that explains it is that you said the number one defenseman was out for the year, and I actually did not know who you were talking about. Danny DeKaiser, yeah. Danny DeKaiser, <laughs> that's their number one defenseman? Well, it, I mean, it became Philip Heronik during the year, right? And, and he'll, he'll be the number one defenseman now going forward. Yeah. But yeah, like entering last season, Danny yeah. DeKaiser would have absolutely logged the most minutes and been the most trusted and all that stuff. Yeah, that's... That's right. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so it's like you know, what what should they have done? Should they have yeah. sold out to try and win twenty eight games instead of seventeen? I mean, already there, you're trying to find eleven wins in the NHL. How many teams are? How many teams would love to find eleven wins somewhere? And that's just to get like out of the bottom three or whatever. You right. know, right. I don't even know if that does it. Actually, what was the second most wins in the NHL last season? Oh, I, don't even, I don't think it was close at all. No, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pulling it up right now. I gotta pull this up right now. That is a great question. Yeah, I, I, see, NHL saying, Yeah, see the thing with that. The, that the whole, next I, most wins was the next fewest wins was Ottawa, twenty five. Oh boy. So then, and then you had twenty eight was New Jersey, and then you had three teams at twenty nine. So let's say the Red Wings find it would it would have taken the Red Wings. 13 more wins to escape yeah, the bottom great. five. So they're nearly doubling five, their number right. of wins. Hey, only the fifth worst team in the league. That's that's great. Yeah, I I feel like, you know, I well, for one, we I think uh, the funniest, well, the funniest argument I, I see boards tanking for people who don't like it is they say, well, why would you think the players wouldn't try? It's it's not the players. Every athlete right, would try. For sure. for, yeah, like for anybody, I guess, listening to this podcast that, any of the eleven people that hear this, and they, you know, they, there's one guy that goes, "Oh, you know, Jimmy, why do you think that? You know, why do you think these athletes shouldn't try?" It's not about that. We, and I feel like that's kind of a, a question that's kind of funny to see still being uh, talked about. But yeah, it's 
so and because of that, I don't I don't feel that it's necessarily a immoral thing. The, the GM puts out whatever team that he feels is best for the team's the franchise's success. That's his job. And if he feels that putting out a team that's lack like leaving a lackluster team out there for this year and talking, if as long as they're communicating with the players and saying, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna make a team where these guys can develop enough, but we're not going." to get a team that's good enough to win a ton of games. If you do that in a system with a lottery, I feel that, that I, I don't know if it's, unless you're, if you're doing it five years in a row, then like you've lost my respect. And but probably doing, your job. Probably <laughs> your job. Yeah. Yeah. But the franchise as a whole, I'm not going to be, you know, it's like the Leafs are not 20, 2016. It's like they knew they're like, they knew that if they were, if you tried to sign, you know, who, I don't know like, who was on the, uh, was Stamkos? Was Stamkos who was on the market? He didn't even get to the market. But if you signed any, or no, that was in 2015. But if you signed the best player from 2015 free agency, the best three players, I highly doubt you, you make it to the playoffs. With that team, you probably get maybe to the bubble, maybe. Well, so here's the thing, right? So it's like uh, there was the Parise Suter thing that like they could have gotten Parise and Ryan Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Oh, yeah. So yeah. what is that? What is the Red Wing, What does the Red Wings last three or four years look like if they get both of those players? Do you think they win? Do you think they even make a conference final? Oh hell no, no. I don't either. So, no. so it, again, it's like you got to know, you got to manage for long term success. I think, but I, I am certainly in the camp that says you should be trying to make your team better every year. Yeah. But that doesn't mean make your team better next year at the cost of the four years after that every year. I love that view. Yeah, I just want the middle ground. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to get my thing on tanking. The thing with hockey players, especially with hockey players, is that you're never going to be able to convince them, or even the coaches for that matter, yeah, we're gonna, you, you guys are going to have to tank so we can lose and get a better shot at first overall. The thing with ho- sure. hockey players is not only that, they don't want to lose, they will never like miss the chance to play a hockey game. If they like, if you're Patrice Bergeron in the 2013 Cup Final, you got a punctured lung, you're still going to play. And if you're Joe Thorne, you're going to play through an tear at MCL and an ACL. And if you're... Tyler Sagan this year playing through all the <laughs> all the injuries he played through. I can't even remember what it was, but it was just crazy that it's just impossible to convince uh, players and the coaches all of that. But if you're kind of looking more objectively, kind of like a general manager, even a fan, you're thinking, yeah, I would want to get probably get the first overall pick, make me make my team a little bit worse just because uh, I can get a better shot and get a better prospect that might help my fast track our uh, rebuild or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's well, that's what I think is it. funny is people have proposed over the years as a solution. Like, what if you had, you know, the um, the players play in like a a tournament to get it? Isn't that the oh? I yeah, well, that was called. something for this year because of COVID. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, what what's the actual motivation for the players? Like. Oh yeah, we really want this number one overall. I mean, maybe some guys do because they want the teammate. But if it's the difference between the first pick and the fifth pick, like you know, that, that's not what motivates them, right? These guys want to win intrinsically, and they want to compete for championships. You work your ass off in that tournament to know that the, the number one overall pick is going to pop in and kick your job off. That's got to be rough. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's that too. Um, but like you know, I, I just think athletes aren't. I, I have yet to. You know, think there has been an athlete tanking, but I think what yeah. what sometimes can happen is GMC the writing on the wall, and they decide I'm not going to make a move that would make my team, you know, let's say three wins better next year, but ultimately hurt my position to sign guys when 
this team is actually going to be good. And I think that happens. And and if you want to call that tanking, that's fine, because technically you're not making yourself as good as you could be for that year. But I don't think it's unethical. Yeah. Do you want to have Zach Friese for 13 years, get three wins this year, and then be stuck with the rest of that contract for the rest sure. of the time? Right. Yeah. That, that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, the most interesting thing about hockey players is that they are all – they're idiots. They're all idiots. Like, you, you could cut They're not off idiots. Their they're psychos. Leg. They're psychos, I'd say. No, it's more, yeah, you cut off their left leg, they're going to play the next game. Like, they're just – yeah, you're never – I feel like others – like, every athlete is – too dedicated for their own good and this is coming this is coming from me like i i've suffered like i I deal with post-concussion syndrome and there were times where like every time i had to sit out the only thing i wanted to do was play i want i wanted you you want to like there are guys who lie to the doctors so that they can play like that's and this happens in multiple sports i feel like i don't know why i feel like it's like football and hockey man have the most insane people playing those sports and i i just i don't know man I mean, there's something that, that's all of the conversation with the injuries, but it's like I guess more in the fact that I can never, I could never imagine any any athlete going, yeah, that's fine, yeah, I'll yeah, I'll I'll try a little bit less this game so that you know, like Joe Schmo, number five six three, you know, getting picked first overall can you know come onto our team, and I you know it just it's just not in their blood. It really isn't. I agree with that. I, I agree yeah. that, that, that you're never going to find a player who, who's motivated by, by the yeah. draft pick. I just don't think you will. No. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, God, that is a, I, I love that conversation because it's just so like, there's just so much, there, there's so many different views to be had on that. I think that's just the most, I, I feel like the conversation will never die. You know, it, it's just such a, it's not just polarizing, but like, there's just so much to that. There really well, is. I, I think people where it comes up so much is, Number one, whenever draft conversations happen around stuff like the lottery or around like, like, you know, fan bases are inherently driving these conversations. I mean, the league to some degree has an interest in parity, right? But, but fan bases that get mad at each other, like the Red Wings fans get mad that New York got the pick and they say they didn't deserve it. They were a playoff team. And then, you know, 20 fan bases come at Detroit and they say, well, you didn't deserve it either because you guys didn't do everything you could have to win and you were so bad and why should we reward that? And then, you know, other fan bases that have been there jump in and they're like, well, hey, that's not that's not fair. I think it's more like this. And, what, and it's just like all this bickering about the idea of deserving a draft pick. And if you really want to get weird, the conversation is is a draft like what is the idea of deserving in a draft because really what you're saying is like this kid can only play for at least the first seven years of his career for your team like where does the idea of deserve really come into play on a draft anyway right like like i don't know it's kind of a it only really happens in sports you don't really have a situation where you know, when I graduate, I'm either going to get drafted by the athletic or my local newspaper <laughs> or, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's the only place it happens. Serve to be drafted into the athletic. <laughs> oh, man. This is getting genuinely philosophical, and I appreciate that. I love that yeah. <laughs> what is. What, yeah, what is it to truly deserve a draft pick? That's a great question. I don't I guess know if you can. I just don't know if, you, if, if that's something you can say, you know, Team A deserves Lafreniere and Team B deserves Cole Perfetti and Team C deserves Jamie Drysdale. And, you know, I mean, they're all going to make these picks and and, and people are going to say, well, it's deserving. The, 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 but that's a whole different conversation. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's going to fall to 17 because the Hawks deserve him to because they lost a certain amount of games exactly, and my fan base suffered, so therefore <laughs> I deserve him. There you go. Uh, but this transitions really well into uh, the next question I had, and that is, um, and I don't know, this is more of a question, uh, I guess, maybe of your opinion. Um, I'm not sure how much you uh, um, know or would want to share on this, or maybe how much you're allowed to, depending on what you know. Where do you see the Red Wings going this next season? I mean, this was one of the worst seasons of all time. And you can only go up from there, I would hope, for the fan base. But do you see them, as we talked about, do you see them going for a guy in free agency? They've been linked to Tory Krug, which, I mean, honestly surprised me. There are guys that... He's a Michigan is, boy, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I could see that one totally happening. But they've been linked in trades and whatnot. Do you see them trying to be a bubble team, or do you see them adding one or two players and just kind of going with the same plan? What do you think? It's a good question. Um, Eisenman was asked a, a variation of this the other day on our uh, pre-draft press conference, and he basically said it's it's fair to assume that they will be like relatively conservative, but he also didn't want to take anything off the table. Like They're not inherently opposed to anything. They just want the deals to make sense for them, right? Like They're not going to want to throw giant money for a guy who's going to be uh, and, and term, right, for a guy who's, you know, not necessarily going to be a, a good fit for their timeline. So the question then be, but I do think they want to get better. Like, I think they want to make their team better, and Tory Krug would absolutely do that. So it's a question of, like, you know, certainly if Tory Krug's leaving Boston, you assume he's not interested in taking any kind of hometown discount, even for his actual hometown, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's fair to assume, but... I think there's a number that any number of guys out there could make sense, and, and that number could be AAV or term. It's just like what the Red Wings have to sell above all is money. You know, like yeah. you're, you're coming to play for a last place team right now, and certainly the, the idea would be to lead them out of last place. But if you're a free agent sitting in the pitch and they say, we want you to take the same amount of money that you would be taking to play for a contender. <sighs> I don't know. Are you are you accepting that pitch? No, no, not at all. I mean, so, it's like this guy has Andy Green. I think they were linked to, or someone. I, I heard they were interested in Andy Green. I think I saw that today. And it's like you can you can throw you know like this guy will probably get like one mil on the uh, market. You could throw three mil at this guy and just say, hey, get get paid. You're you're almost retired. Just come retire in Detroit with boatloads of money. You I know, think make, they were linked to Chara too. Yeah, they're linked to Dano Chara. Like. I, don't, I feel like that'd be the funniest thing. I don't know why. Well, both of those two guys, I think, actually make quite a bit of sense for them in this sense, which is that they have a bunch of young players coming up. Yeah, and both excited. of those two guys are have experienced. They're, they're former captains in the NHL. They're very veteran players. They've got a lot to teach on the ice and off the ice that, you know, neither of those guys would surprise me. Because, I mean, it would surprise me if Boston let Zdeno Chara get away out. Like, extremely surprised me. But if both made it to market... Um, no, I think both of those guys would be very good fits for what the Red Wings need. Oh, yeah. Like both, both on the ice and off it. Char could be the literal father to Moritz Sider and teach him on the ice. <laughs> right. He really could. Yeah, he could literally be his father by age. Like, yeah. <laughs> that would actually, I would actually, for Red Wings fans, I would love to see that. I think that'd be a fantastic pairing. It'd be a lot uh, similar to uh, Charlie McAvoy uh, with uh, Zayo Chara. I, I gotta say also, um, 
Uh, Max, do you do you have an opinion on Moritz Sider? Because I'm a huge fan of that kid. I love that kid's game, and I I thought that um he Eiserman was completely justified in taking him that high. Um, what do you like? What do you? I just want to ask that quickly because I haven't been able to watch many of his games or his highlights. Uh, what's kind of the talk around him? Uh, he's really good. I mean, I, I saw him play quite a few times in, in Grand Rapids in the AHL last season, and uh, there's a lot to like there, right? Right from the prospect tournament in Traverse City to start the year, you saw a player and you were like, you know, draft night, right? It's like the shock of the draft, and it's like, oh, yeah. No one oh, was as wow. shocked like, as he was. did not see that coming, and then yeah. you I see him really play know. a few times, starting right from the prospect tournament in Traverse City, and you're like, oh. All right, well, I get it. You know, this guy is he's <laughs> yeah. like six foot four, skates great, hits. He's, you know, physical like and mean and a good defenseman, and he'll get the puck moving up out of your end. And I think there's a lot to like there. I think he's going to be a really good player and not going to take that long to to, to be that uh, in the NHL. So I, I'm a believer in Mort Sider, yeah. I remember he knocked Kirby Duck on his ass a few times when they were playing against <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Warriors. I mean, were going at it. Like, it was yeah. a great oh, yeah. battle. And, and you yeah. love to see that from both of those guys because it was like they were both like, okay, like, I know I know where this guy is on the ice and I, you know, I'm not going to get pushed around or I'm going to try to push him around. And that was so fun to watch those two guys go at it. Two top six picks in that draft. How you know, unfair is it, man, that we don't get to have those two teams in the same division to see those two guys battle for years and years. Like, that would be awesome. I would yeah. love to see that grow. I mean, the geography element is probably the key there just because, you know, I, Chicago certainly could be a good fit in the East, but for Detroit to be... In, I thought about that, yeah. For Detroit to be in the West, like, the travel is crazy, as you guys know, because oh, you're yeah. not far away and have that level of travel, right? So Yeah, it's, it's awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those West Coast trips are brutal and you got to go umpteen times a year so yeah oh, but God. i agree i mean missing out on on all those all those clashes and those oh, traditional man. rivalry games it's it's a bummer it's i mean same with like get, colorado and detroit too all the you still get the, city, uh, the random idiot in the 300s yelling detroit sucks like in the third <laughs> period of every game and no i'm not kidding it still happens it every single game at least once third period it's like two two tied Nothing's happening, and just you hear Detroit just some, sucks. Some schmo just screaming, and someone shut them up. And then, as is per usual, the Hawks get up shot thirteen to three and lose in the last seconds. And <laughs> you know, as as is usual these last two years. But uh, yeah, uh, that's yeah. I would uh, God that that kid cider man. I. I, I don't know. I, I was as soon as I watched his tape. He's one of those guys where I watched his highlights before the draft, and I'm like that kid. I don't get why he's in the 20s. I don't know if it's because he was in Germany, but I think just like Dreisaitl, not to the same extent, but I think that he Stutzla, Reichel. I think German German hockey is just gonna be. Can't forget JJ Paterka either. JJ Paterka. Oh my God! Wow, I'm a fake German fan, but I uh, wow. yeah that there. That that country is going to be is only on the up and up when it comes to why uh, when it comes to hockey. Even a guy like Dominic Cahoon making the league is another uh, is is good for them too. But yeah, um, whole, whole era of German hockey. Let me uh, let me throw out a semi contentious take here because you were talking about the people screaming Detroit sucks at uh, United Center. Oh Don't you God. think that the, I know it's there's a lot of like sports rivalries and all that, but. I think the Midwest cities, and that would be Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. And maybe even Buffalo, even though that's stretching out into the east. I think those cities 
need to show a little bit more solidarity as the cities that I mean Chicago doesn't really get shit on by like you know the 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 big cities of the world because it's kind of in that club. Sure, but. Detroit, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Buffalo all take a lot of heat, and they're all wonderful places, having been to all of them. I adore all of those cities. Uh, uh, no, did you hear the band? Detroit sucks. No, it's not. No, they're, not. they are great places, man. Oh, no, I, I've been there. I, I went to uh, Ann Arbor um, for a hockey tournament once. Yes, I know I played high school hockey. I know, ladies, calm down. I got domed a few times and don't play anymore. But, uh, no, Ann Arbor was I, – I loved it there. Um, I – Gosh, where did I? I was in the city with um and, and around uh, the University of Michigan. I think I played. Arbor, yeah, yeah the, I played in the U of M rink and just otherworldly experience. It's it's a beautiful place. The rink is jaw dropping. It feels like you're in like a professional rink. Like it's insane. And I mean, like I played in Notre Dame. Honest God, I would play in the U of M uh, any day of the week over there. It's incredible. Um, but uh, it, see, listen. I could, I could give you every single reason, every beautiful shot of these cities and whatnot, dude. But I'm, I'm sorry, it, I'm still gonna yell at the rink, man. Until I get picked up by the athletic, I gotta yell at the rink, or else my my dad's not gonna be my dad anymore. You know, I just gotta keep it that way, man. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, don't come yeah. crying to us when uh, when when Chicago or when uh, New York and LA turn on you. I mean, don't come crying to the Midwest cities. Then you, you gotta you gotta you gotta pick your alliance now. <laughs> hey man, New York and LA don't like us anyways. Trust me. Gosh, no. We, I, I feel like it's just in the original six men. We all hate each other. We all do. There's like a there's a level of you respect each other, but when you get like when it, the teams play, man, it. Oh, you hate it. There's just something about the original six teams beating you. I don't know what it I is. I hate you, but goddamn, I respect you. Yeah, like, and it's a fan. Like, I I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. Can we have you a few more minutes, Max? This is a great conversation to have. I, I don't know what it is about the original six teams, but it's kind of like you're like the top dogs, right? Even it's just like a fan. Like, there's just like, and not that we're, we're special as fans, but you see the teams as like, you see the team as like this top dog. Like you're like the you're like the Greek gods of hockey, right? You're the you're the the room. No matter how bad the Red Wings are, national TV. No matter how bad the Blackhawks are, national TV. Winter Classic as well. You get, the, you get the Winter Classic every five seconds. I'm pretty sure that like yeah, I'm pretty sure the Hawks are going to get like three Winter Classics some year. They're going to make a rule to allow the Hawks to have. Two winter classics a year. That's yeah, not, that's that's not even enough. That's six thing, though. I think that's just the Hawks thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that is true. But even when the Red Wings weren't as good, man, I mean, they were getting you know, they were getting yeah. outdoor games, and, and why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you? You're an original six team, and it's just there's this, like you said, Pierce. Like it's it's like God, I hate you, but God, I I respect you. It's it really it feels like the big dogs, even when they're absolute tire fire. There's just something about it. There's a lot of respect, I think, too, because built-in um, respect, but also like built-in history, right? So it's like newer teams that have never won. You've never seen them be good. It's a lot easier for people to like, you know, really get down on the Arizona Coyotes or whatever um, than I think it is because any original six team with the exception of maybe one, has had quite a lot of success, right? Like, You know what the funniest thing is? Yeah. People probably hate that team the most right now. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's, That's a good point. 
that's how it goes. You you really with hockey fans, it's very um maybe traditionalist is the word I'm looking for. Like you're it's there's a lot of um like just like old time rules to it, like unspoken rules in hockey culture. Like when was the Leafs last cup? 1967. And there's a talk of everything. And granted, that's because they're the New York of Canada. But that, but you can't tell me that there's not more to that. There definitely is. Like even like Montreal. Montreal is. They can be awful, but that look at that fan base. Look at that. Right, I will say. I said they hadn't had it, but they did have five championships in the '40s. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Yeah, no, it's okay, guys. It's okay, yeah, Canadians fans. You did have one cup in 93 and, you know, one in the black and white days before that. It's okay. Oh, God, did they? Did the, did the Canadians win a cup in the colors? Yeah, after, they won 93, yeah. 86, uh, 86, late 70s. Oh, did I say Canadians? I meant the Leafs. Oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, the Leafs the definitely have not won the Canadians. Won the no, no, the Canadians. God. <laughs> God, the Leafs had. Did the Leafs really have like it was like the forties, fifties? It was the thirties. They owned the forties. They won five championships in the forties. Jesus Christ! Yeah, no shit, did they? So that's something. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not even being sarcastic. Like, that's something. You, you you can say like that's wrong. I mean, that's there's no one can say it's not like a historic NHL oh, franchise. Sure. They just haven't had. Recent, no, no, I'm sorry. I find it great that like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've not laughed in the long because it's just like <laughs> that is. It's just the kind of talk you see every day, and I love that, man. <laughs> but it's like, it's it, hockey and every sport. I guess every sport's like this. Every sport's like it's like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, it's always it's always going to be that. It's always going to yep. be that. And but but again, it's the Leafs, man. You're just never going to get away. And every top six team, and you're never going to get away from that. You know, we were we were there before any of you were. It's never going to go away. The Blues won the cup. The Blues won their first cup. And what do you see every day on Twitter is everyone, like everyone, not just Hawks fans, but everyone clowning them. And they're like, hey, you know, well, what have you done before that? Okay, you got a cup. Cool. Great. You know, like, come, come hang with us. That's great. Well, the Caps didn't, you know, Caps didn't last time. So who cares? Like, it's never, it's never going to die with these people. But with the original six, there's just kind of this feeling of, uh, like you said, a feeling of uh, sort of solidarity. It's, it's it's hard to it's hard to get respect in this league, man. I really think the Blues are in the club now. Like, well, they're they're kind of there. They're kind of there. Not in the not in the Central Division, no. But uh, interesting. No, well, I'm t- is Dallas there for you? Dallas is Dallas is there. They have a cup and they've been. They, they were the, two oh, wins away yeah. from it this year too. So yeah, and also the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dallas doesn't have a big rivalry with anybody. So nobody really hates Dallas. I mean, you don't like Corey Perry. I mean, that's why well, I wasn't cheering for them. But Minnesota doesn't like Dallas. Maybe nah. not the players, but the city. <laughs> Minnesota has a funny rivalry with Dallas because it's like, it, oh my god, what am I? It's kind of a okay. I know, no, this is a very niche meme. It's a very niche meme. Maybe you've seen this. It's the dude with the glasses and he's screaming, and it's like you know, what I'm saying? he's screaming, and then the, the other guy is just like this, like. Pierce, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's like, no, you're not the stars, and it's like, haha, Goldhorn. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, Minnesota fans 
I think it's like Minnesota fans hate Dallas fans, but I don't think Dallas fans hate Minnesota fans. No, it's like, haha, Brett Hall scores game-winning goal with some of <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it's so fascinating about, because it's like, Minnesota Wild fans are like, shut up, you're not the stars, and Dallas fans are like, eh, we have a cup. Like, that's that's yes, what it is. Stanley Cup go burr. <laughs> he knew it! He knew it! Yes! He knew it! Oh my god, that was, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm 25, I know memes. Like, <laughs> very weird cutoff, man. It's so weird. I swear to god, every 25-year-old I've talked to, it's like they, they're, they like, just outside the cusp. It's so weird. It's like, and I even, like, I don't know, man, it's a weird line. Okay, you're awesome, Max. I just need to say that. You're already awesome. You're, you're like, you're, was it, you're a good friend of the uh, podcast, what we say, Pierce? Noted, Fantastic. Noted Best friend of the podcast. Of the podcast. <laughs> No, that's that was awesome. Yes, yeah, that's exactly that, that's exactly how it is for those those two teams. And then there's the Avalanche, who the Hawks and Red Wings like have blood hatred because of the '90s, and I love that. I I love that rivalry, and I really hope that that Kirby Doc and Nathan McKinnon. I hope that McKinnon is like the Crosby to kind of what got like Giroux sort of was. I would love that as a rivalry. That was. I love that rivalry. Obviously, there's nothing quite like the you know the steel uh, the uh, well steel city and Philadelphia um, rivalry there. That's not the same. But if there can be any kind of rivalry close to what there was in the '90s, I will be very happy as a fan. God, that was my dad tells me stories about it, and that's just a special special rivalry. And don't even get into how bad it was between them and the Red Wings. I mean, that's, like, legendary stuff. Well, that's why I think that 2013 series was so meaningful, right, for Chicago, because it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it was it was just the torch. the torch from yeah. Detroit. You know what the funny thing is, though, is that they really did. Like, that was the end of an era. That really they had, they era. Won. So I'm not saying that they were, like, they were, it was like their turnaround, but it was just like, no, 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 no. Know, I don't we're the big dog now kind of thing, right? But you won, you won the last series you'll have for a long, yeah. probably, they're going to, I do believe that eventually yeah, they'll be back in the same conference division. It'll happen. Or they'll play for a cup. I mean, that'd be incredible. Oh, oh my man. God. Would you, could you imagine? I mean, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it could, it could likely happen in the last 10 years. I could see that. It the, could be really fun. The thing is it with the 2013 really series, I just remember that that if Chicago lost that, there would have been talk about firing uh, Stan Bowman at the time and <sighs> fi- firing Quenville already before. But then Detroit, you know, they again, they just pass the torch. They go on to win the cup that year. They, they're they just a bounce away from going back to the cup final in 2014, and then they have the 2015 cup win. So it really was that passing of the torch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, that was so, a very special series historically. Yeah. God. So, Max, I see you got to head out in a couple of minutes. Yeah, we're... <laughs> Sorry, I just man. have to ask you a couple of questions, or uh, one more question about Steve Eiserman, because Steve Eiserman is just one of those GMs that does not sure. give you a whole bunch. And I remember, uh, I think a Kirby Doc was on Spittin' Chicklets, and it was the whole story. He's like, yeah, he, Steve Eiserman goes up to Kirby Doc, he's like, yeah, Yo, you smoke weed? I heard you smoke weed. And like, right after, he's like, ah, oh, no, I'm just fucking with you or whatever. <laughs> And then, so I'm just wondering, for the couple of years you've worked on the Detroit, uh, the Athletic for Detroit, have there's been any uh, interesting Steve Eiserman stories? Well, actually, literally just yesterday. So someone asked, so there were some prospects who, I guess, uh, said that in their run-up to the draft, uh, Mark Shy gave this tweet, um, basically saying, 
you know, prospects said he was sitting on their Zoom interviews with his mic and his camera off. Um, and this is from Mark Scheich from uh, the Hockey Writers. And and so someone asked Eisenman about it um, on the press conference, and they're like, "Why? Like, what were you trying to glean from that? Like, you had your mic off and your camera off, so they couldn't see. You. Like, what were you trying to like, accomplish with that?" And he was like, "Oh, I was doing yoga, so I was trying not to be a distraction." <laughs> and then because it was zoom and everyone was muted like i don't know like i don't know if he could like i was laughing but i was muted right because obviously that's a joke right right and then he, he goes no like um you know i, I might have been on, on take had to take a phone call or i might have um you know my, my dog might have been barking or whatever so I, I wouldn't really read into anything i do and i just thought that very much summed up you know that last quote i wouldn't really read into anything i do is <laughs> that, that really seems to be the uh the energy of his tenure as GM. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, Max. I see you gotta go. Thank you for being gracious with your time. It was actually nice. I wasn't expecting to have these kind of conversations, but uh, yeah, it was nice to have you on. Uh, and uh, yeah, do you have anything to plug? Uh, like, for, if you're writing anything new or any of that? Yeah, I mean, we'll have we'll have all kinds of draft content coming in the coming days. I don't know when when exactly this will drop, but. Um, we'll have anything before the draft or after the draft you could want. Right now, we're doing. I'm doing like a mailbag on. Um, you know, I had fans kind of submit their their trade proposals, and we're doing kind of a who says no, which team, uh, which side of the trade they submit would would say no in real life. But uh, the main thing to plug would just be our podcast. Prashant Iyer and I do a Red Wings podcast. It's called Wings for Breakfast. It's on the Athletic and anywhere else you could listen to podcasts. And uh, if you go to www.theathletic.com/slash/wings-for-breakfast. Uh, you'll get a 40% uh, discount when you sign up for The Athletic. Awesome. Right. Yeah, I was, if you weren't going to plug your podcast, I was, but uh, yeah, you got in there and did that. So uh, again, thank you for coming on, Max. Hope you stay safe, and uh, maybe we'll talk again in the future. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Here, man. Come on. All right, and that's it. Thanks for coming All on, All right, Max. boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a nice, ha- nice yeah. conversation for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, take care. Yeah, you as well, man. Yeah, you too.